Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittam, and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. So excited for today's show. We got For the Love of the Run with Carolyn Sue. We really break it down today. And as always, always have a great time with Carolyn. Before we get into it, I want to highlight some of the stuff that's going on over at Relay. So if you haven't heard, Relay is the new site that we launched in conjunction with eight other amazing people, people like Carolyn, Peter Bronco, Marcus Brown, Kafuzi, Zoe Rome, Kara Goucher, Lindsay Hine, just an incredible group of people. And I'm just so excited about it, including Stephanie Flippin as well. I should mention Stephanie. We got nine people. It's hard to list off all nine all the time nailing the order, uh, but it's an unbelievable group. That is for sure. So we just finished our free preview week. That is now complete, but all of the free preview content will still be free over at patreon.com forward slash relay. The link is also in the show notes. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash relay. Two pieces out now this week that are now kind of behind the paywall, but you'll definitely want to check them out are, first of all, in a uh, coaching piece done by Stephanie Flippin about the kind of mindset that you'll need to have your magical day out there on the trails or on the run. And then today, Kafuzi, Mike Co, better known as Kafuzi, I should say, uh, of Instagram or Instagram, of, of uh, YouTube fame. There it is. He has over 100,000 YouTube subscribers and he is one of, if not the best, shoe reviewer in the country. He did a shoe battle today between the Nova Blast 3 and the Endorphin Speed 3. Three. The uh, Nova Blast 3 is about to launch, and the Endorphin Speed 3 already has, and they will be two of the most popular shoes of 2022 and beyond. Go check them all out today. Now, let's get into it with Carolyn Sue. All right, we are here for the love of the run. Carolyn Sue. Carolyn, welcome back to the show, our monthly collaboration. I'm so excited for this. Yes, good morning. Hopefully, we will <laughs> not have our computers run out of battery and die as we are charging it currently. <laughs> we are, we're walking a fine line here on the Rambling Runner podcast. So people don't know, I basically, I forgot to plug in my computer. My, my computer cord was plugged in. It just wasn't plugged into my computer. We It died while we were setting this up. I just plugged it in. We are now at 2% and we are hoping that my charger charges faster than my computer uses power. Um, I know everyone is so excited about this game, but we will see. Actually, no, I'm up to 3%. All right. We've gained a percentage. Right. I think we are going in the 3%. right direction. We're going from 2 to 3% during my mini monologue. <sighs> so we're ready to run. We're ready to go. Yes. Here All right, let's do it. For the love of the run. Carolyn Sue, we always like to do a little what's going on with our running and then a new little Tracksmith promo. Tracksmith is sponsoring this podcast like they do every single month, and they have some, some fly gear that I can't wait to talk about. It's definitely some good stuff. Especially because I love Puma. And then we are going to talk about Zoe Rome's piece that's out today on Relay. Holy cow, it was a tour de force, and Oof, I can't wait to get into yeah. it. But before we do, Carolyn Sue, you had a really good doctor's appointment last I week. Did. I did. I guess, would you call it really good? I mean, you had a, it seemed like an impactful I mean... doctor's appointment. <laughs> it was uh, very informative. 
We can say that. Um, so just to, I mean, I guess overview, uh, I had been dealing with this weird knee injury after I had COVID back in May and then started getting back into running. Somehow or another, I tore my meniscus and did some, sprained my ACL, all this fun stuff. Um, and uh, basically, I uh, started physical therapy, but my sports medicine doctor felt like to be safe, I should also get a second opinion. And he recommended that I go see a surgeon to get a consult because in the MRI, my sports doctor noticed um, some minor cartilage damage, which is irreversible, you know, and um, it's not something that can just like, you know, like a meniscus tear or anything else. Like over time, it can heal itself, you know. But um, the arthritis, not arthritis, sorry, the cartilage damage was concerning to my doctor because he knows how much I love running, um, as evidenced by all these years of chronic injury and still fighting through it and trying to get back out there. Um, And so he just felt like, you know, it's better to get another opinion just to see if there needs to be some kind of surgical intervention right now while I'm still younger, I should say. I don't feel very young, but um, while I'm younger um, so that we can take care of this now and and be able to continue running into my 60s, 70s, 80s, <laughs> you know. So um, reluctantly, I agreed to that. And I finally was able to get in to see the surgeon at this uh, past Thursday. And I guess it's like, I consider it good news in the sense that he said, I don't need surgery. So that immediately was a huge relief because I just had surgery in 2020. You know, I had an accessory navicular bone. I think we've talked about this before, too. <laughs> and um, and that was something that needed to be removed because that was definitely hindering um, my ability to run. Um, and uh, recovering from you surgery. Had more, you had more bones than the, than the normal human. <laughs> yes. You were superhuman. Oh, so, yeah, sure. We could we can call it that. <laughs> so, you know, like any kind of already just recovering, healing from any kind of injury is just it's very challenging and arduous work and then let alone um, surgery. And so I just did not want to have to deal with that yet again. Like, I just want to run, <laughs> please. So um, so it was good. It was good to hear the surgeon. You know, um, his his assessment was that. Nothing is so serious that I need surgical intervention. Um, the other part of the news, what I call, was like, wah, wah, was that, yes, I do have apparently early signs of arthritis, which, which I don't know what to make of that. It's just one of those things where it's like, okay, it's there, but there's nothing necessarily that I can do would worsen it nor reverse it (laughs) flip it and reverse it anyway um and so uh, he basically was like what you need to do is and i quote he said get really strong (laughs) like what is that just get really strong okay so i basically need to work on getting super strong uh, getting a super strong core glutes hips, quads, hamstring, basically (laughs) my entire body, my entire lower body. Um, And so I just have to now shift my mindset uh, moving forward uh, to 
I don't know. It's hard to really like prioritizing strength, like heavy lifting and strength work. And I I mean, honestly, that's hard. That's hard for me because I, I first and foremost see myself as a runner. You know, like I prioritize time on my feet, going outside, the mileage, the cardio aspect of the running. I mean, that's why I call myself a runner. I don't call myself a weightlifter or bodybuilder or whatever, you know. For the lift of the run. <laughs> For the lift of the run. The new podcast coming out. <laughs> you know, and I, I'm also just someone who struggles a lot with like at-home workouts. I'm not, it's just not a motivating setting for me to, you know, be in my basement <laughs> lifting weights. Um, I just want to, I want to be outside. I want to be around other people, you know, and so, you know, group fitness classes always, they've benefited me a lot, but at the same time, I feel like I'm paying for so many things right now in life with coaching services and all of that too. But, and I just don't know that I can add on yet another thing like a gym membership and um, carve out all of the, the, you know, that time to go to these classes. And so in the meantime, I want to make do with the with the weights that I have. I guess it's just I'm in this place right now. I'm still trying to process. Everything feels a little bit unknown. Like, what is this? What is it going to look like for me to shift and prioritize heavy lifting focusing a lot on that to build my foundation as opposed to simply going out to get more miles and time on my feet as my foundation. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's just, it's, yeah, that's kind of where I am right now <laughs> with running. Right. All right. Well, you have two kids. Maybe you just lift them. Haha. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. And it gives you the social, you said you social out. You want to be around people two for one. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I don't know. <laughs> Although, yeah, like they, my son does. Start, you can, you can join start with, me. You can start with the dog. You can start with Tomo. This twenty-seven you can build pounds. Up, build up to your I'll son. Bench curl and him. Build up to your daughter. <laughs> right, right, exactly, right. Isn't this like the parable right, with like simple? The, uh, is it the horse or the goat? The donkey. I thought it was a donkey. Is it the donkey? I don't yeah, know. it's a, it's a baby, and then every day they keeps walking around. By the time it's like an adult, that person's like super strong. I don't know. Um, <laughs> did they give you specific like recommendations on that stuff, or just say like, "Hey, go talk to a professional"? Who, like, I'll give you like the prognosis, and then you can kind of take it to the next step. Or you know, I know that you work with Sarah Candy, who's well versed mm-hmm. in you know getting stronger, and she's a huge advocate for that. I know she works with Kim Nadu, who's her yeah. coach, and mm-hmm. Kim is a strength coach, so it's yeah. not like you're that far removed from that that from that genre of people. Um, so what kind? What's your next step with that stuff? Well, I definitely already updated Sarah, and she outlined. I mean, she outlined this month by month generalized plan um, where it's like. You know, for the rest of September, we're going to focus on strength work and then plus base, like very uh, basic base building for running. And then for the month of October, strength work plus and then X, Y, Z, like every single month all the way through May next year, because May is when the Sugarloaf Marathon is the same Sugarloaf Marathon, which I had to defer this year because my family got COVID, (laughs) which I had been training up for. Um, So... Every single month as I'm looking at that schedule, it's like majority strength work. Um, the specific exercises are TBD right now. Like we, she, had, she didn't go into that much detail about that yet. But again, it's just like it's just a different 
I guess, focus um, that I'm not used to when I'm looking at a training calendar, you know, where usually it's like I see all of the all of the notations for like runs, you know, and the run workouts and the speed work and then all of that. And then here and there we'll have like some supplemental strength work. But um, but now it's really just going to be flipped. And um, and I have been already seeing a physical therapist, you know, for the the knee injury recovery. And the surgeon was basically like, continue with physical therapy for as long as your insurance will cover it. <laughs> so, so not exactly the most specific type of recommendations. But um, we're I mean, all of this is pretty new news since I just found out on Thursday. Um, as much as I want to sign up for a fall race, just to kind of be in that race environment and that event kind of feeling again. Um, you know, Sarah, Sarah really challenged me to think through why I want to sign up for a fall race and on whether or not like, and, and to consider what my longer term goals are. Um, because I definitely, it's not like, I, I would, I think it would be foolish of me to go right now and try to like run something, even if I say outwardly that I'll take it easy <laughs> in participating in a race. Like once you're in a race event day environment, of course, like you're not just going to be like chillaxing and doing an easy run while everybody else around you is like <laughs> racing. Um, so I think Sarah is definitely trying to look out for me there. Um, she's encouraging me to really just focus on like training up well for Sugarloaf in May. So that's where I am. Oh, that's tough. <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, it's good news. Obviously it's good news because you don't have yeah. surgery. Right. And then, but it's like, you know, it's obviously complicating news, which is so tough and, and yeah, it's, it's a lot. It seems like you've been, but you've been working through a lot for oh seemingly gosh. a long time. Like, I feel like I know. you're just always like, <laughs> there's always something. I know, and it's not like, I know, I know. Ugh. Um, but here you are, right? You've, well, you've also done a lot of cool stuff, right? I mean, you were ready to run Sugarloaf. I was. You, know, you, you had gotten through all these other hard times, yep. so we can get through this one, too. <sighs> I want to believe it with my whole heart right now. I think in my mind, I, I like, agree. You know, I agree with you. I agree with Sarah, who is, like, you, we will get there. But in my mind right now, the idea of even uh, running a marathon just feels so far away, you know, but all right. But I guess everyone can stay yeah. tuned and we'll be documenting this every month. So anyway, but how are you? Right. And then, and, well, that's the thing, right? Because I'll talk about this too. Like there is a gravity around the marathon and there's a lot of cool marathons to do. And there's like, you know, it, it is there's a force around it, especially for people who've been running for a long time. And I'm kind of experiencing you know, that sort of pull in my own way. But like, just remember, like there's so many cool races that aren't marathons. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. And I think like once we've done marathons and in your case done an ultra and, and things like that, like it's, it can be a almost like a default setting mm. in a way of like, here's my marathon schedule. And then I will fill in other races as needed, as opposed to being like, no, oh, excuse me. <laughs> there was the perp that I've been trying to get out for the last five minutes. And it came out like in the middle of a word. God damn it. Um, I'll have to mark this. So editing clip. Boop. Um, 
you know, and that's kind of what I'm going through right now. So, like, I had a pretty good marathon build to start being the summer. I was really happy about it. And then, you know, I had my own COVID experience, and that really set me back. And now I have a race on the schedule for October 23rd. It's a Rhode Island marathon uh, here in Narragansett, Rhode Island, which I'm excited about. Um, and, you know, it's a, it's a challenging one. It got, I think it's 1,200, 1,300 feet of elevation gain. So you get that, uh, you know, one mile to 50 yeah. feet of elevation gain ratio, which is legit. Um, you have some rolling hills. You got some bigger hills. It's kind of the whole smorgasbord of stuff, and it kind of goes throughout the whole race. So you got to be ready for it. You know, you got to be strong as well as have that fitness. And after, like, a really wonky August, I just haven't had the long runs mm. that I wanted. So, like, mm -hmm. my overall mileage hasn't been that bad. Yeah. So I've been in the mid-40s now. For the past six weeks, it's not like amazing, but it's solid. That's yeah, right? that's, that's pretty significant, fitness, so. I think. Mm -hmm. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. And for me, like, I run six days a week. So it's 45 miles over six days. So, again, so you're averaging, like, seven and a half miles a day. So, again, I'm happy with that for sure. But, like, my long runs haven't gotten up there yet because I just haven't had the ramp up. So, like, my long runs have been, like, a lot of 12s, a 14. We were doing 14 again this weekend. It's kind of like, all right, like, kind of running out of – you know, like the, the plane is the heading runway, down runway. the tarmac. We're, we're running out of runway here before this thing's <laughs> supposed to take off. And it's kind of like, all right, am I going to get to the long runs I need? Um, or do I just kind of do it anyway? Or the other move is to then potentially go to the half marathon. And it's funny because I, have, um, I haven't been in this situation before where, like, I've really had to, like, pick or choose, right? Because, like... CIM, I was kind of in a similar circumstance last year, but there is no CIM half marathon. It's a point-to-point -point race. They don't drop you off at the halfway point yeah. and be like, all right, see you in Sacramento. <laughs> so that wasn't an option. I was like, all right, I'm going to run the marathon, but I know I'm not, like, ready for it. But it's going to be a fun experience, so let's, 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 let's have at it. Um, so this is kind of different. So I'm sitting here like, all right, should I go for it? Should I not? But ultimately, I think it doesn't. It doesn't really matter because I'm not going to put another marathon on the schedule this fall. So it's not – I don't feel this feeling of like – some people will say, hey, if I do the half, then I'll go do – I'll just stay, stick with CIM because I'm going to be going there for professional reasons. I'm going to be doing a whole lot of media stuff at CIM. I'm not going to run CIM because I'm already doing all this media stuff and I know – like I did that, Eugene. It didn't work well for me at all. So I know like if I'm doing media stuff at a race, I'm not going to be running the race, which is – I'm glad I know that now. So there's not going to be another marathon. So I'm kind of like, all right, like I can really try to crush a half marathon because I am ready for that. Or, I, and you know, I will be ready for that like in, you know, six weeks or whatever because I've had a pretty good, you know, six to eight weeks so far. Or I could like do the marathon just be like, well, I'm not really missing out on anything because there's not like I'm going to be signing up for a November marathon. I'm not going down to Richmond. I'm not going to go to CIM to run. So um, I kind of have that feeling of like, it really just kind of depends. Like, do I want to like, Maybe go out and run a really, really fun, you know, spry half marathon where I feel like I can really give it a really solid effort. Or do I kind of roll the dice and be like, all right, marathon, let's give it another try. And even though I'm not completely ready for you, 
we'll see what happens. Um, so I'll talk to my coach about it. Uh, but I know that he's definitely a very optimist of the optimistic sort. So uh, I almost kind of feel like I know what he's going to say. Kind of like, just go for it. But um, <laughs> Well, we'll see. I'm not. I'm. I'm still not exactly sure. I, as you can tell, but if you're listening to me right now, I'm still really trying to process this. Um, I almost basically want to take my 14 miler this weekend and just, you know, accidentally run an extra two <laughs> miles to see how I feel. Well, I guess maybe a question to ask yourself is, uh, why do you want to run a race this season of your life? Like this season, as in, I don't know, this fall. The fall of 2022, you know, fall season of 2022. Like, you clearly chose to right. register for this race. So, like, why? What was your motivation behind it? What was your thought process? I guess a lot. So, mm-hmm. I have been training pretty well over the past, a little over a year. I think I've, like, I think it's been the most productive 12 months of training that I've ever, maybe not ever had, but, like, I've had in, like, 8 to 10 years. Let's say probably since my late 20s, probably the most productive 12 months of training. So it's kind of like, hey, if I can't, I'm not going to be racing now. When am I ever going to race? Okay, okay. That kind of feel to it. Eugene was such a disaster because I just like I shot myself in the foot with all my media obligations that weekend. I just wasn't ready to to run the race. And that was such a disaster. I'm kind of like, but I also like didn't need to recover from it because it was such a a weird DNF that I'm kind of like, all right, like I'm not recovering from anything. And I've had some pretty good training over a year. I like racing. Let's do it. Like, well, there's no, there's no, there's nothing holding me back from racing. I want, I want to get into it. And it's a Rhode Island race. I don't have to travel. There's a lot of positives. Okay. So it's just more like I, I'm up for racing. I'm 100% in, which is not always the case. Sometimes I get real anxiety around racing. I get that pit in my stomach, and you know the cold sweats. Sometimes the hot sweats, or all the sweats. <laughs> happening i feel like i don't even have to warm up for a race i'll just sweat on my own just standing there near the starting line um but that's not the case this time i actually am really excited to do it it's just more of like i'm kind of teetering back and forth on which is the better choice um and who knows maybe maybe both of them are good options but um we'll kind of see it's kind of it kind of feels like that push and pull between like the optimist and the realist (laughs) I mean, so it sounds like you're at a point right now where you want to see what you can do because you're like you've had a really solid um, training training block and you want to just see what your body can do. You want to see what you can accomplish mentally as well. And so if that's the case, then it probably does just come down to logistic, not logistically, but like practically speaking, right? Like distance wise, what you're going to be ready for. Come race day. Yeah. I might have to see if I can get the hookup on this race. Maybe like decide the morning of. Oh my god! I do know the race I director. I just be able to I, happen, do I happen to know the race director. So I'm what? Like, hey, Susan, would you mind? <laughs> you know, do it, I'll do it. I like, I like, I like calendar. I like a uh, bed. Uh, what's it called? A bib pickup. Oh my gosh! Like, which one are you doing? Matt, have the please. Full. I haven't decided. Do not do that. <laughs> oh my gosh! No, I would never do that, Susan. If you're listening to this podcast, I know she listens to it. I wouldn't do that. Believe me, when. I'll, I'll tell you a weekend. Um, no, so I'm really excited about that, but we'll see how it okay. goes. Huge shout out. Tracksmith, they sponsor every episode of For the Love of the Run. In every episode, we like to say the piece of Tracksmith gear that we are all about. There's a piece of gear that I love that I have to that I have to purchase. I haven't bought it yet. It's not exactly summer attire, but it's something that you have, and I am super jealous. It's the yellow 
track suit that they did with Puma. I had I as soon as I saw this, I was like, all right, I'm a huge Puma fan. And this thing is banging. I I love this piece of attire so much. I'm definitely going to get it. I don't have it yet, but you do. So tell me about it because this thing is straight fire. <laughs> no, I want to hear you talk about it more. It's so I love like seeing you get excited about <laughs> these like different pieces of running gear. <laughs> well, I love gear. In, in my high school basketball days, my first year of varsity basketball, I was so excited that and I, I got like this pair of um, Puma basketball shoes. They didn't have a lot of Puma basketball yeah, shoes uh-huh. back then. They don't have a lot now either, uh, but they're kind of getting into it. I think they sponsor LaMelo Ball and a couple cool. other people. But like, they, like I got these like out of nowhere. I couldn't believe I found them. I couldn't wait to wear them. They were not the most comfortable basketball <laughs> shoes, but they looked awesome. They looked awesome, right? It was straight out of White Men Can't Jump <laughs> of like, man, you would rather look good and lose <laughs> than look bad and win. <laughs> Like, yes, I would rather look good and lose because I'm wearing these shoes and I freaking love them. Um, and I, I'm i a big fan of them. So when Puma came out with Tracksmith, mm-hmm. they're doing all their stuff. And I know this uh, was kind of tied in also, also with Speed City, Legacy of Speed mm-hmm. podcast that they did with Malcolm Gladwell, which was really interesting um, as well. But I didn't know they were going to come out with a whole line of merchandise around it. Anyway, it sounds like I'm pumping up Tracksmith. I am. They're sponsoring the goddamn show. But, however, I love it, too. So this is why I'm so excited for all of it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was really excited to hear about this collaboration, first of all, also because like Puma and Tracksmith are two big powerhouses here, you know, within I mean, here, literally here in the Boston area, but also just within the uh, the sport of running. And so for them to come together and collaborate and say that we love the sport over the whole like over being competitors, you know, in the um, in the retail industry, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but also just learning more about the the history and like they, you know, like you said, the legacy of Speed City, which is um, stemming from San Jose State University. And I'm sure everybody who's listening here, um, we can if we don't if we didn't already know the actual names of uh, or you know references of Speed City I'm sure we all are familiar with that iconic photo of um, the Mexico City Olympics where there are three men standing on a podium um, who have just received their medals and then two of them are black and one of them is white and the two black men in first place and second place they're standing with their fists raised in the air um and then the other uh the third place winner um he uh, was representing australia and um he didn't have his fist raised but he was wearing um the uh the button that said um olympic oh shoot now i'm like forgetting the name but it was basically he was wearing the button um that was representing calling for Olympic right. It was right. in support. Yeah. He, yeah. He, had, he had talked to those guys before they went to the medal yes. stand. It was to support their, their yes. cause. So that they are from San Jose State University. And so then this whole, um, I guess, collaboration was to tell the story and unpack more of the history and the significance of how they were the very first athlete activists um, and how they helped to start um, a whole movement of using our platform um, wherever we are, and especially within the sports that we're in, um, to advocate for um, social justice and human rights. So anyway, yeah, that was that's the history. And <laughs> little did they know, 
it would have a huge impact on a lot of people, yeah. and they would be putting out some fly attire 40 yeah. years later. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, I got anyway. the half zip and then the, the pants, the fleece, very super soft yeah. and warm. And you're right. Like, it's way too hot to be wearing it right now, <laughs> even in, like, 70 degrees. Which is why neither of us are wearing it. But yeah. it's, it's yellow. It looks awesome. They have, like, the piping, the yeah, blue yeah. piping on, the, on the, the, the edges. Oh, my God. It looks, it looks really good. No, I can't wait to get it. For sure. It's funny. I'm a homebody now, so I don't even know who I'm going to be wearing it for. I'll just be wearing it around my house in front you'll of nobody. You'll know. You'll feel good. You'll, you'll feel fly wearing it. I'll, feel good. <laughs> I'll turn all my podcasts into video podcasts just so I can wear this stuff in semi-public setting. That is for sure. Also, if you go to tracksmith.com forward slash love of the run and or just use code love of the run. 5% of your purchase goes to the Asian Mental Health Collective. This is a very important cause, very important work that they're doing over there. Also, it costs you nothing. It helps us and it helps these people who are, you know, who need help from the Asian Mental Health Collective who's doing great work. All positive things all the way around and you get stuff that not only looks good but will last you a long time. I say this someone who's currently wearing some Trashmith shorts and they've lasted me I think like 5 yeah. years now, which is like a wild, a wild <laughs> time. Um all right. Let's talk about Zoe Rome's piece that just was, went out an hour and 45 minutes ago over on Relay. If people don't know Relay, it was a site that Carolyn and I and seven other people started last Wednesday. We are so excited about this. It's a free week of content this week, and then it's a, it's a subscription service. Basically, the idea is nine people who could have their own Patreon accounts all came together to create one Patreon account so you get an enormous amount of value, 20 pieces of content per month, including four or five live shows starting in October, and pieces like this one, which it was incredibly impactful. If you don't know Zoe Rome, first of all, how dare you? I have a question. How dare you not knowing Zoe Rome? Uh, To quote Mindy Kaling from The Office, I have a question. How dare you? Um, She is the editor-in-chief of Trailrunner Magazine. She is also now the managing editor of Women's Running Magazine. So what? she is both of those things, and she is an incredible writer as well. And in this piece, she wrote, um, I'm trying to remember, now we're doing this podcast, now like, I forgot the name of, it, of, the, of the piece, which is my funny body because I like, have been telling people brand. all about it. That's what the title is. There my is. Body, my is body is not, not a brand. brand. So I, when I read <laughs> this, I was vacillating back and forth between identifying exactly what Zoe was describing and the emotions she ties into the piece because um, she's just an incredible writer and also very insightful. In addition to that, it reminded me of conversations you and yes. I have had offline. So every time so I'm like reading this, I'm like, I can't wait to hear what Carolyn Sue thinks about this piece because it feels like it's going to resonate very, very strongly with her. Yes, I thought that her article was like, a huge gut punch. Not to me personally, but it's just the oomph, the power, the emotion, and the truth, I feel like, that she describes. I, it resonated with me so much. Um, and I want to read, I, I want to read like a short snippet of it because my suspicion is that I'm not the only person who her piece resonates with. Um, All right. I, well, I just want to say this. I've also clipped a piece a okay. part of this, and I want to. I, I have a sneaky suspicion that we both clipped the same one because I will okay. say this: Peter Bromka 
took a snippet of the piece and shared it. And it was the same one that oh, I clipped. Dang. So it'd be interesting to see if, if yes. all three of us clipped the same the same paragraph. I mean, it's so good. Her Yes, it's so good. I even, I printed it out. Um, so she says here, um, successful content creators are aligned with the industry's biggest brands and athletes are all but forced to monetize it as an extension of their out, outdoor persona. I know that we all know social media is a lie, a thin reflection of real life, facetuned, filtered, and selected for ideal impact. And yet, even as a smart person who knows all of this, I have made decisions that don't represent my true values, ranging from the innocuous, like taking my phone on a run to snap a photo, to the personally troubling, feeling bad about my body because of how it looks in photos and or deleting accordingly. When I find a photo of myself that I like and post it, the immediate dopamine hit of validation fades as the pit in my stomach grows. I'm aware of what I'm doing, and I do it anyway. I'm selling myself. Not for myself, but for the vague, unquantifiable benefit of some large, faraway tech company. There have been times when I've become genuinely confused about where my personal brand ugh, ends and my personhood begins. That line is increasingly blurred online, but becomes crystalline when I'm able to disconnect. That was so Boom. good. And I should say the UG that Carolyn said there was actually part yeah. of the text. That was not her <laughs> inserting an UG about personal brands. Yeah. I mean, like right there, that paragraph just summarizes everything that, at least for me personally, I've been wrestling with. And I, I have wrestled with this on and off through the last several years as Instagram, especially Instagram is the main platform that I'm on. I'm, I have already distanced myself from Twitter and I'm rarely on Facebook for social reasons, but um, yeah, like as Instagram continues to regularly change its algorithms and change what, you know, like add all these different features as it's trying to compete with all of these other like smaller um, social media platforms it's just always felt yucky to me that and I could not articulate why or what it is about it. But I mean, yeah, like this is exactly it that like we ourselves as the user, we are the product that we're being trained to have to sell so that we can drive engagement, you know, like get people to react or like or comment, save. And, you know, like, I mean, it's hard because on one hand, you know, for many people who have built businesses, you know, for small business owners, especially social media has been a great way of getting more um, uh, exposure and uh, getting their products and, you know, their things out there. But at the same time, with the way that Instagram is uh, designed, like the priorities of Instagram are not the same priorities as, you know, you as a small business owner or you as a person who's simply trying to show up to connect with other people for community. Right. Like Instagram is not like, hey, we want to help build community. <laughs> How can we foster meaningful relationships and meaningful connections? No, Instagram is trying to monetize uh, everything that's on there and is trying to use us to to sell ourselves. And so it's hard. It's I don't know, like, yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm rambling right now, but definitely Zoe's piece. I just 
I just want to be like, I'm here with you, girl. <laughs> and it's definitely been a process of me <laughs> lamenting and then also like going time and time again, going back to my why. Like, why am I here? Not in the existential crisis type of way, but asking like, what is my purpose for showing up here in this space? And for me, I am someone who I don't feel good when when I can tell I'm presenting more of a filtered, you know, polished version. Like I am someone who I value authenticity. I value showing up as who I am, how I am right now. Um, and I value people who react and who engage in the same way. And so if if that are truths and like core values of mine, then like I want to stay true to that in the ways that I show up and not feel pressured to have to change my core values in order to what drive more engagement <laughs> i don't know like it's hard it's a hard tension yeah and we should say that that zoe's piece has as many layers yeah. to mm-hmm. it right she, it's not just like a a social media bashing mm-hmm. type piece she does but the, the positives the negatives and the the challenges and the, the the going back and forth and some of the the internal struggles that go along with it, and she kind of she kind of finishes it off with kind of where she is with it now in terms of how she plans on using it and things like that. So she's not just like, you know, going off the grid and things like that. Not that she could ever do that with her with her jobs, obviously. Um, at least in terms of like monitoring what's going on in the world. Yeah, no, I hear you. And then also like, it you know, with these these social media platforms, like, you know, they're not like a sentient being, right? Like. Oftentimes what happens on them is because of the people who are on them, right? It's not like oh, Instagram thinks X, Y, Z. It's like, well, I mean, they are part of a larger company and they, they have like a certain mission statement or certain metrics and goals. But like the people who look at my posts are not Instagram. They are the however many people looking at them. So like you get that the feeling of, and she mentions this in the, in the piece of like, if she puts a picture of like a mountainscape that she saw, that gets less traction i guess mm-hmm, i don't even know mm-hmm. the right word to use um with some people who come across it then like a picture of of turning the camera mm-hmm. around having a facing mm-hmm. her as she's posting yeah. and she makes it pretty clear which which one she would prefer yeah. to do mm-hmm. right the outfacing picture which is funny because it's like that's not instagram's fault or problem right like that's not decided by them necessarily that's decided by the people who follow zoe you're happen upon zoe's stuff and think we've all experienced that i know i've experienced that same thing when i take a picture of my of my run from my personal perspective that gets far less traffic than if i turn the camera around take a picture of myself i can tell you this i'm much more com- comfortable not showing a picture of myself <laughs> than showing the opposite um that's for sure uh but it's, it's interesting and and um you know you you said a lot of good stuff there and that was definitely one of the the key pieces of the piece for me, I thought one that was incredibly funny and witty, and and so he's writing is always both of those things. And this is the one that Peter highlighted as well. I thought which also was also great, and actually goes to what you just said in your own words, like five minutes ago. Is I've all but abandoned Facebook, relegated to the domain of half-forgotten high school friends posting hot takes on the most recent news cycle. I've quit Twitter, unwilling to subject my work to the bad faith arguments leveraged against it by quasi-literate mozzarella sticks that lurk behind the online avatars. These are the specific steps I've, I'm have i taking 
to protect my brain, but I've also had a hard time extending the courtesy to my body. I mean, what good writing is that? I mean, the writing is certainly better than the reading. I cannot read in public. Um, so that's for sure. That's why all my ads sound improvised because I can't read the ad copy. Um, so it's a little peek behind the curtain there. Um, so I loved that too. The, yeah, the, the mozzarella sticks line. That's going to live with me forever. Oh, gosh. Yeah. It's tricky. I mean, and she she talks about boundaries, which is what I feel like a lot of us have had to learn to do um, and to set boundaries on who you're following, perhaps, or setting boundaries. Some people set boundaries on the amount of time they allow themselves to be on social media. But I I think for me, my own boundaries are like within my my own personal thought processes of like going back to, again, like what is my purpose, you know, to in, in engaging with social media? What is my purpose in continuing to maintain a social media presence? And then you allowing that to be my boundary on whom, like what voices I allow uh, to impact me. Usually it's always like, I, I struggle with like the negative comments and, you know, all of that, of course. But, um, but yeah, yeah of like that kind of stuff, yeah. right? Like identifying what yeah, our boundaries are when we're filtering and scrolling. Right. And I think it's 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 especially hard when we feel like the the internal boundary is the one that keeps getting you know keeps getting knocked yeah. down, right? Or perforated. Where you have like that that feeling of like, "Oh, and, and you you brought it up uh, in the reading you did, like that feeling of that squeamishness of like, I know better. Why yeah, am I doing right. this? Right. Like that's hard to it's hard to square that circle as opposed to being like after the emotions of the moment and being like, all right, some mozzarella sticks or something <laughs> stupid about me online. All right, whatever. I'm going to move past it. I don't even know who that dude is. But the, the the internal struggle of like, I don't like this. This is icky. Why am I doing this? I should know better. Um, and that that can get a little tricky. But anyway. Zoe's incredible. You it's gotta read piece. It. it. I know it. it it's, it's a. It's. It's. We're coming. We're talking about it in a way, and I think rightfully so that it was a little heavy. At the same time, she writes about heavy things in such a light way. It points like the interjections of comedy into this piece. I'm like, this person is writing at a level. Every once in a while, you'll see somebody do something where you say, you know what? If I worked hard, I could do that, right? And then you have the opposite feeling. I get the opposite feeling when I read Zoe Rome. Like, I don't care how long I would try to become a good writer. I could never, ever write like this. Yeah, I know. I feel the same way about her. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's just do one little pub. I'm a little pub. One little um, hype up for Relay before we get going. So this was the last piece of our free content week launch okay um so this is launch week free content all week it will remain free however if you're on patreon it basically shows you the stream of um of posts in a chronological order so it's just going to be at the bottom all right you can also search people by tags go over to patreon.com forward slash relay you can go over there subscribe you'll see all the free posts also, you can see what we're doing over there. I'm really excited about what's coming up next. I think the first week was a great representation of what we're going to be doing in the future. Again, it's a representation. We didn't do everything that we're going to do, right? We're going to be a lot more video content in the future. We're going to be doing live shows um, as well, and which I think is club. going to be a big part of what we're doing, especially in October. That's took words right out of my mouth. That's where I was about to ask you. You're going to be part of the book club. Yeah. Carolyn Sue, who loves to read. 
Uh, talk about your social media content. I love when you post about books. It's always a really creative way you do it. So can you talk about a little, little peek behind the curtain on what's going on with the Relay Book Club and what we were going to be up to in October and beyond? Well, so far, I mean, we're still deciding on a book, but um, the book club, uh, I don't know what you call it, members, hosts? Um, so, Subscribers? I don't know. Um, it's uh, Lindsay Hine and Kara Goucher and I. So the three of us. Oh, hosts. We, yeah, we'll hosts. Yeah, host. Okay, yeah. So um, we've been emailing back and forth on our first book club idea and what to read. And we have some really, I mean, I, I am excited. So far right now, there are two options that are on the table. Um, and so be on the lookout for that. But it sounds like we will announce what book we're going to read for the month um, and then give everybody enough time to get the book, um, whether by check it out from the library or whatnot. And then, um, and then we'll have a book club discussion at the end of the month where everybody can join, you know, uh, join in. And I'm not exactly sure how the live <laughs> videos are going to work. I'm just totally making stuff up right now on the fly. But I'm pretty sure it will allow for people to in real time, you know, at least in the chat, type in comments or questions and we can all, you know, grab a glass of, I should just say beverage and and discuss like we're all in a book club together. So I'm looking forward to that. I love it. Yes. I love it. You mean now to be beginning of the month, have the book club at the end of the month. Got the three of you working it, which is going to be great. You, Lindsay, and Kara. And um, this is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, so people have have done like a YouTube live show kind of thing. It's that kind of vibe where I think Lindsay's probably going to be the one who's kind of like going through the chat, bringing up questions that people may have so that subscribers who were you know there with it um, can basically interact with Carolyn, Kara, and Lindsay about the work, which will be exciting. It'll be interesting to see if we get any authors coming on to talk about their work at various points and certain months and things like that. But this is going to be a lot of fun. And then we'll, we'll basically, it will, it will live on in Relay. So once it's done, it basically get the whole thing gets recorded and then we post it on Relay. So if you're not able to make it at that time, because this is a live show, you will be able to check it out after the fact. And we'll be doing a lot of live shows like this. I think Stephanie, are, Stephanie and I are going to do all of our Coach's Corner episodes. Will be oh, live cool. Shows I didn't know that part. As okay, well. Okay. So yeah, so we're going to be doing them all live. So we'll have like, just like before, we'll have like a topic, right? So we'll spend a half an hour or something on that topic and then we'll open it up. Does anyone have any oh, questions? Either nice. follow up to what we said or unrelated questions <laughs> that you may just have about your training. You know, and also obviously Stephanie's also a doctor. Not that she's going to be giving out, you know, doctor advice and that can get tricky, but, you know, she is one. Um, and then, you know, people will probably have a variety of different questions. We'll be doing other live shows as well. Those are just two of them. But check out Relay today. Patreon.com forward slash relay for all the good stuff. Carolyn, thank you so much for coming back on the show. As always, every month, it's always one of my highlights. Same here. This has been fun. So we'll see you guys all on the internet. <laughs> Carolyn, thank you so much for coming on the show. Make sure you go check out Relay. Patreon.com forward slash relay today to check out all the free content from last week and the new content out this week. We're going to be putting out so much good stuff over there. You won't even believe it. It has been a remarkable run so far. We have so many people already signed up before we even made the content behind the paywall. People signing up all the time during the free launch period, and we couldn't be we couldn't be more excited about it. You know, this is just something that we uh, have spent a lot of time planning and getting ready and doing, and spent a lot of time each week talking to each other and planning out the kind of content that we're going to be putting out. Uh, we're already several months ahead in terms of the stuff that we want to do, and my goodness, are we excited to do it? So, thank you so much for listening, and happy running.